28 together. Let's go ahead and open up there. It's got 68 verses, and we're going to see in Deuteronomy 28, uh, verses 1 through 14 speak primarily of the promises, and then in verse 15 through 68, we have the warnings. Verse 1 through 14 is the blessings, and verses 15 through 68 is the cursings. It's a crazy, crazy chapter in one sense. You know, because you look at it and you're like, wow, only 14 verses of blessings. And man, we've got a, a grip of verses regarding um, cursings. How many of you here want to be blessed by God? Just out of curiosity, man. And you know the easiest way to get blessed is to sneeze, right? You guys know how that works. All you got to do is sneeze and you're going to get blessed, man. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. No, actually, you know what? You know, the easiest way to get blessed is to do what? First of all, enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. But secondly, uh, and primarily now as Christians, we live a life of obedience. You know, a lot of the things that we see that happen in life, and I see it in the church, and I see people are just tossed around, and they get out of the will of God, and they enter into the permissive will of God, and just heartaches, and so many things happen. It's simply because we don't understand the, 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 the law of the Lord is that he blesses lives of obedience. I don't care if you've been to church a million times. That's not enough. Even if you heard a million studies and you stayed awake, that's not enough. We have to go out and we have to live the life. And he will truly bless. And I'm not talking about healthy, wealthy, and prosperous. That's not New Testament blessings. I'm talking about deeper things, things like love, joy, peace, the things that really satisfy a soul. I'm talking about being used by God. I'm talking about purpose. You know, living that life of obedience is so important for us. You know, I like coming to the men's study on Wednesday nights. You know, it's one of the, the things the Lord's been laying on my heart lately. And it's a real blessing to get together with the guys. You know, they're cool. They're transparent. You know, they talk about guy stuff. And uh, we have a good time together. We get into the Word. We get really deep into the Word. And it's a big-time blessing. Um, but, you know, it's not enough just to get blessed. In that sense, we have to go home and do what? And we have to live it. You know, the other night, Wednesday night, we were talking about how a servant of the Lord must be gentle to all. You know, and you read that verse and you're like, wow, that's a cool verse. You know, gentle to all. For me as a pastor, you know, one of the things the Lord's given to me, and, and you know, it's, it's a conviction and it's, I guess it's a realization that you have to be gentle to people. But, you know, sometimes we can forget to be gentle to people at our own home. And the Bible says to be gentle to who? To all. And so, you know, I read that verse and I was convicted by that because every once in a while, you know, I'll get into it with my, my, my kids or whatever, you know. And, you know, sometimes as a dad, you know, you throw your weight around and God says, no, you can't be that way. You have to be gentle to all. And so guess what happens? Last night I go home, things are different. Today, things are different. Why? Because the Bible says to be gentle to all. And you have to go and you have to, to live the life. God will bless that life, you guys. God will bless your kids. God will bless your heart. God will bless your marriage. God will bless you when you do things his way. You as a single person, God will bless you when you obey him. You know, and we're going to look at our study today, and it's a, it's a study taken out of the Old Testament. And, um, you know, some might look at this, though, and say, well, this is just like an Old Testament thing. And so real quick, before we get into Deuteronomy, as a matter of fact, let's go over to James chapter 1 real quick. I'm sorry I made you guys do that. You went all the way to Deuteronomy, and you're like, man, now we're going to James. But look what it says here in James 1 in verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. How do you deceive yourself? Well, you deceive yourself by thinking that because you heard the word, that is sufficient. And we deceive ourselves. I deceive myself a lot of times by thinking because I heard the word, that I'm good. Because I gave an amen, because I like this study, it, it, it's good. And that's deceiving yourself. No, he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, 
He's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. I mean, he looked in the mirror, and his hair was all messed up. And so he just kind of goes, and he doesn't comb it. He doesn't make the modifications. You know, maybe there was something in his nose or on his face, things that needed to change, you know, and he didn't. He just all went away. And, and that's what happens, you know, when, you, when you're in a study and God says, this is what I want to change in your life. This is what I want to change in your life. And you go and you don't, and you don't change. And God says, that's not what it's all about. You've got to be doers and not hearers only. You can't be like that guy who looked in the mirror and did nothing about it. It says in verse 25, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it. And just as a quick side note, you guys, when you're, when you're studying the Bible, these are things that set you free. God's not trying to, to mess up your life. He wants to bless you. He wants to give you that liberty. It's a perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work. Notice what it says right here. This one will be blessed in what he does. That's the person that God is going to bless. Sometimes we blame it on the church or we blame it on whatever. And God says, look, it's not the church and it's not this or it's not that. It's just us, me, individually, understanding that the Christian life is very simple. Just do what God tells you to do. Just live the life. He says, if you do it, there's the blessing right there, you guys. And so I just want to encourage you with a couple of verses, because sometimes we think it's just an Old Testament thing, and it's just a Jewish thing, and it's just a theocracy thing. And God says, no, it's a Christian thing, that when you're obedient, God will, will bless your life. I love that psalm, Psalm 1911. It says, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. That's speaking of God's word. They're true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. The word of God should be more desired for you than winning the lottery. Really, the word of God should be more uh, desirable for you than in, in any, I don't care how good the restaurants are. You know, we can talk a lot about some good restaurants here tonight, huh? And I've seen some people, they can talk for a long time about good food. God says, man, the word of God, you should want it more than winning the lottery or going to dinner to the best dinner places. He says, that's what the word of God is. is moreover, by them, your servant is warned, and in keeping them, there is great reward. You see, that's what I'm talking about. In the Old Testament, we see the blessings to the obedient, the cursings to the disobedient. Here we see the word of God. It's a warning. And we're going to see that that's important for us, you guys. We've got to have that in our heart. John 13:17 says, If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Question. Are you blessed if you know them? No, not as much, huh? You're blessed if what? If you do them, if we live the life, Revelation 22 verse 14 says, blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. You see, and in Deuteronomy, now you guys can go back there. I'm sorry about that little sidetrack thing, man. But in Deuteronomy, we're going to see that this is what it's all about. And I wanted to just kind of share with you some New Testament scriptures. That way you don't think it's just an Old Testament thing. But look what we read here in Deuteronomy 28, beginning in verse 1. It says, Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. You know, if I could summarize the book of Genesis, I'd probably say beginnings. It's the book of beginnings. If I could summarize the book of Exodus, I'd probably say redemption. It's the book where God redeemed his people. If I could summarize the book of Leviticus, I'd probably say holiness. God establishes his holiness. 
If I could summarize the book of Numbers in one word, I'd probably use the word wandering. They wandered about in the wilderness. And it's probably for that reason that when we get to the book of Deuteronomy, you want to know what the key word is? Obedience. Because just in the book of Numbers, they were all thrashed. They were wandering around like crazy. Moses loves them. He wants them to be blessed by God. He wants them to go to heaven when they die and have heaven on earth. And so over and over and over again, he just tells them, you guys, let's just make it simple. I don't want to complicate this Christianity stuff. If you obey, I'll bless your life. That's what God says. In the Hebrew, it simply means to listen. It's the Hebrew word shema. And as a matter of fact, look at verse 1. It says, now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey. And so I looked up the word diligently, and it wasn't really there. It's just, you know what it is in the Hebrew? Shema, shema. Listen, listen. That's all it is in the Hebrew. It's emphasized. If you listen, if you listen. Uh, We see that God calls us to give attention to him, to take notice of his requests, to respond to his commands. And really that's the key to life, you know, to really listen. If you read 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 11, it tells the whole story about how Samuel eventually came to the place in his life where it was summed up in this, Speak, Lord, for your servant listens. And, you know, if you become a listener, it doesn't just mean you hear the words. It means you act on them. And that's what God is saying to the Jews right here. As he's speaking to them through Moses, they're about to enter into the promised land. And he says, this is it. It it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe, notice carefully all his commandments, which I command you today. It says right there that the Lord your God will set you high Above all nations of the earth. He's speaking to Israel. That's pretty cool. Think about that. The promise to them. I will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Right? And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. That's an interesting word. They'll overtake you. The blessings will overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. I mean, you're not even going to have to go looking for the blessings. The blessings will come looking for you. What needs to change? We do. You know, don't change that. Don't change that. Don't change that. Because then you're, you're going to end up the same in the same place. You need to change. I need to change. You see? If we diligently obey the Lord, he's going to bless us. And those blessings are going to come looking for us. We don't have to go looking for those blessings. You see, that's the thing, you guys, that gets life back where it belongs, you know. Just coming back to that realization of brokenness. I'm, I'm dead. I'm dead. It's not my life anymore. It's his life, right? And that's what Moses is trying to share with them. You know, we see throughout the history of the children of Israel that they would not listen uh, over and over again. You know, Jeremiah six seventeen. also I said, Watchmen over you, saying, Listen. But they said, We will not listen. Psalm 81, verse 13, Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. Psalm 81, 8, Oh, hear, O my people, and I will admonish you, O Israel, if you will listen to me. Psalm 34:11 Come you children listen to me I will teach you the fear of the Lord. That's all it is. It's very simple. But we know that the children of Israel they did not listen. As a matter of fact, in Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 30 it says, "Yet for many years you had patience with them and testified against them by your spirit and your prophets, yet they would not listen. Therefore you gave them into the hand of the peoples of the land." So we're going to see today an interesting thing, you guys. Man, God wants to just rock Israel's life. I mean, we're not talking about just like a little like kind of cool life, you know, uh, you know, head above water. We're talking about putting them higher than all the nations. That's what God wanted to do. 
And, and in our life, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, I'm not talking about a little thing. I'm not talking about just, you know, kind of squeaking by, you know. I'm talking about you being everything, everything that God wanted you to be. What's the secret, Manny? Is it this mystical thing? Is it this, you know, mysterious thing? What's the secret? The secret is not a secret. It's just rooted and it's etched in the scriptures and that God wants us to obey him. That's it. If you obey, he will bless. We're going to see that today. You know, one of the interesting things is this. Regarding the nation of Israel, either way they were going to be a sign. Now check this out. This is real interesting. If they would have obeyed the Lord, they would have been a sign to the rest of the world. Wow, look at what God can do. Remember the Queen of Sheba? Remember when she came and visited Solomon? She was like, wow, man, God is alive. I'm going to serve your God. That's what God wanted to do with Israel. He would have used them as a sign like that. But what ended up happening is they backslid, right? They went and they did their own thing. And here's the thing. God still uses them as a sign. But you want to know how they're a sign now? Because of their disobedience, they have been chastened so severely that now they're a sign simply because they're still alive. What a contrast. See, God wants to bless our life in living a life of obedience so that people can say, wow, look at what God does. God's alive. It's amazing. I see it. I see the power of God in your life. He wanted to bless them. In verse 2, all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. And so blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. I mean, you could go to, you know, Jerusalem. You'd be blessed. The suburbs, you'd be blessed, right? Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. God says this is the way it's going to work, man. I'm going to bless you in any, and in any location. And I'm going to bless you in your multiplication, in your baskets, in your bowls. They're going to be full of God's blessings. Right there it says, I'm going to bless you when you come in. I'm going to bless you when you go out. And what that was, that was a Hebrew idiom that simply means, I'm going to bless all of your life and all of your activities. I love what it says in Psalm 121, verse 8, the Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. I mean, how many of you want God to bless all of your life? All of your activities. God says right there, a big if in verse 1, if you shama shama, if you listen, listen, I'll bless your life, right? In verse 7, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. It says they shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Now, how do you defeat the, the devil and the demons? Some people get real mystical about stuff like that, you know? You know, and they bring holy water from Jerusalem. I mean, it's weird stuff, you know? And, and God says, that's not how you defeat the demons. You don't need to get weird. You just need to be obedient, that's how you'll defeat your demons because the bottom line is you don't defeat the demons. God does, right? And he says, hey, man, in, the, in times of war, miraculously victorious in war, abundantly blessed in barns and your belongings, even in all you set your hand to do, it says right there that God would bless them in the land that he was giving them. In verse 9, it says, the Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself just as he has sworn to you, if, there is that word if again, such a huge two-letter word, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. 
And I've learned in life, you guys, that, um, you know, when it comes to ministry, when it comes to life, everything, everything flows from your personal relationship with God. You know, it's not how gifted you are. It's not how good looking you are. It's not how much money you have. Not when it comes to the things that are, are eternal. Everything flows from your walk with God. And here we're talking about things that you do, but in verse 9 we're talking about something even more important, and that is who that you are. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to who? Himself. That's the bottom line. That's the most important thing. This is the most important element of it all, not just how they are, but who they are. Notice it says right there, the Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God. The Lord your God. The Lord your God. Now that phrase right there is found 280 times in the book of Deuteronomy. You're like, wait a minute, there's only 34 chapters. You must be wrong. No. Because when you think of obeying the Lord, the reason you obey the Lord is because he is your God. He is the Lord, your God, right? God had sworn this. I, I want to set you guys apart. Exodus 19, 5 through 6. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. You know, when I think of uh, figures in the Bible, what do you guys think of? Like people who really like stood out. People that were that were like, you know, awesome, I guess you could say. You know, uh, one of the people I think of is David. I think David was special. I love that guy so much. He wrote so many beautiful psalms and uh, just an uh, incredible guy, you know. Wouldn't kill Saul when he, sh- you know, I think he should have killed him. He did so many things that he did that were amazing. He beat up Goliath. I mean, he didn't just beat him up. He cut his head off, you know, things like that. I mean, David was awesome, man. The ladies would sing, man. He's killed his tens of thousands and just an incredible guy. The, the summary of David's life, though, over in Acts chapter 13, verse 22, he wasn't a perfect guy, but, you know, it, it's cool. There's something about him that's special. It says, I have found David to be a man after my own heart, God's own heart, who will do what? Who will do all my will. That's it. That's all. And when David was there on the sidelines and, you know, he wasn't in the limelight, he wasn't famous, he was, you know, he was killing bears for sheep. He was killing lions when nobody was watching for sheep. He's a really cool guy. He just did what God told him to do. You know, and sometimes people can hear a message like this and they can, you know, trip out or, you know, I don't even, sometimes maybe even overcomplicate it. But that's the whole point, is just trying to simplify it. Just trying to simplify it. God says be gentle to all. So I go home last night, and when my, when my son pushes a couple of buttons, when he beats me in wee baseball again, <laughs> gentle to all. You know, and then, you know, you know how it is. We live life. We live with sinners. I don't know about you at your house, but we have a couple at our house, and we work with sinners, and you know, gentle to all. Okay, now, when I went home last night, you want to know something that I did, and I didn't tell anybody until right now, I'll share with you guys. I was in my truck, I turned off the truck, and I told myself, there's a different man coming home tonight. I will never be the same. And in one sense, that's the way it works, huh? What is it that God's telling you to do? You know, I'm talking about, I'm talking about decisions of character. See, it's just simply God saying, I'll, I'll bless you. I'll establish you to be a holy people to, to myself. I just want to walk with you. That's all. It says right there, if you walk in his ways. So you walk like God so that you can walk with God. See? And it's an awesome thing. 1 Thessalonians 4.1, it says, Finally then, brethren, we urge you and exhort in the Lord Jesus 
that you should abound more and more just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. Verse John 2.6, as he says, he abides in him, ought himself also to walk just as he walked. What are you guys doing right now? You're sitting, just in case you didn't know. That's what you're doing right now. <laughs> and some people think, well, I sat today, man. And you know what, man? Yeah, I stayed awake, you know. And you're thinking you're getting brownie points for that. And that's cool that you sit. You need to sit. We need to sit. This is something that God has ordained. This is the preaching of the word of God. This is the establishment and the assembly of the church. It's necessary to sit. But that's different than walking, you see. And we have to go out and we have to walk even as he walked. That's got to be our goal. Verse 10, he says, Then all the peoples of the earth shall see you that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. Now, more than likely, it's not just afraid of, oh, they're going to beat me up type of afraid, although I might have a little bit of that. More than likely, it's just like, wow. There's just something about them. There's that reverence. There's that awe. You know, there, there's that, that they see they're different, and that's what happens, and the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body and in the increase of your livestock and in the produce of your ground in the land of which the Lord your God swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hand you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow, and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not be beneath. If, there's that word if again, you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them, so you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you to stay to the right or the left to go after other gods to serve them. But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. And so God says, this is the blessings, and now we're going to get into the cursings. God wants to bless your life. He really does. He has bound himself to bless the obedient. That's the law of the Lord. Not complicated, very simple, and yet very powerful, right? I mean, in looking at these right here, verses 10 through 13, the favor, even fear from other nations, the fruit, the kids, the crops, blessings, agriculturally, financially, rain from heaven, and even reigning over other nations, being the head and not the tail, being above and not beneath. Again, we see the word heed there in verse 13. It's the word shama, to listen. To listen what? Carefully. And I want to encourage you guys, man, to let that move you, let that motivate you. God loves you so much. He really does. He wants to bless your life, and he really will. You just, you just have a heart to obey him. You know, we're not going to do everything perfectly, man. I wish we could. We're going to try to. But he sees a heart that wants to. He sees a hungry heart, and that's where we need to be. But if not, you got to know this, man, that if you choose not to obey the Lord, you know, maybe the blessings for some reason don't appeal to you, then you go out and you live your own life. And what you end up doing is you bring, you bring cursings to your life. Remember in the book of Numbers when Balaam hired... Uh, I'm sorry, Balak hired Balaam to curse the people. You guys remember the whole story there in Numbers? He couldn't curse him. Couldn't, huh? But what happened? They cursed themselves through disobedience. See? And what God says is, hey, I want a new start today. Cursed. That's a strong word, huh? Cursed. It's found in Deuteronomy 16 times, and it's a solemn utterance intended to invoke God to bring harm or punishment upon someone or something. You guys remember where the curse started? Garden of Eden, right? Adam and Eve, man, they're the ones that messed everything up, right? 
<laughs> and it started there, and it goes through the whole Old Testament, even to the very last verse in the, in the Old Testament, Mal- Mal- Malachi chapter 4, verse 6. Lest I come and strike the earth with a what? A curse? I mean, it's just there, all the whole disobedience. It's about cursings. And now what happens? Watch, you guys, how everything gets turned around. Look at verse 16. Cursed shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the country. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your land, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Cursed shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall you be when you go out. It's weird, man, those very things that God wanted to bless and to give them now because they're not diligently obeying now. It turns around. It flips over on their head. And now they're experiencing the cursings of God. Verse 20, the Lord will send on you cursing, confusion, and rebuke in all that you send your hand to do until you are destroyed and until you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings in which you have forsaken me. You know, and I, again, thank God that we're not under the old covenant. And there's, so there's a, a few uh, variables here, and we're going to talk about them in the end, but don't miss the principles. Uh, one of the things that we see is that disobedience brings calamities and cursings and confusion to our life. It does. As a pastor, I see it all the time. And I wish I could undo it. I wish I could always prevent it. But you see it, and your heart breaks, right? But in looking at this right here, we see what God is saying is that they're not just turning away from, you know, rules and regulations. It says right there in verse 20, they, they have forsaken me. I mean, you haven't forsaken the church. You haven't forsaken rules and regulations. You've forsaken God. And that's where, always where it's at, you guys, that relationship issue. Man, come back to the relationship, you guys. Come back to the Lord. See, it's not about this church or any other church. It's not about this pastor or any other pastor. It's not about that book that you're reading. It's not about that person that you put on a pedestal. It's about the Lord. He's the answer. Come back to the Lord. Why? Because what ends up happening is they forsake Him. People trade in God for crazy stuff, man. Jeremiah 2, 11 through 13, it says, Has a nation changed its gods which are not gods? But my people have changed their glory for what does not profit. He says, Be astonished, O heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be very desolate, says the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. And so they, they split from the Lord and they got these cisterns that can't even hold anyone. They, 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 there was a fountain, a fountain. But this thing, it can't even hold any water. And God says, man, just come back to me. And look what we read in verse 21. The Lord will make the plague cling to you until he has consumed you from the land which you are going to possess. The Lord will strike you with consumption, with fever, with inflammation, with severe burning, fever, with the sword, with scorching, with mildew. They shall pursue you until you perish. And your heavens which are over your head shall be bronze, and the earth which is under you shall be iron. The Lord will change the rain of your land to powder and dust from the heaven. It shall come down on you until you are destroyed. The physical suffering, agricultural suffering, instead of beautiful drops of rain, just dry, dusty, devastated lives. See, that's what disobedience does. Verse 25, the Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You shall go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them. And you shall become troublesome to all the kingdoms of the earth. Your carcasses shall be food for all the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and no one shall frighten them away. I mean, they're cursed militarily. The the Jews here would be cursed uh, shamefully. Mortality, even worse than dying for the Jew, would be 
uh, unable to have a proper burial. That's the worst for the Jew, especially, you know. I mean, when you take the body and it just sits out there and the birds come and eat the body. I mean, not even a proper burial. Verse 27, the Lord will strike you with the boils of Egypt, with tumors, with the scab, and with the itch from which you cannot be healed. The Lord will strike you with madness and blindness and confusion of heart. And you shall grope at noonday as a blind man gropes in darkness. You shall not prosper in your ways. You shall be only oppressed and plundered continually. And no one shall save you. I mean, and you look at this, the physically, mentally, darkness, despair, constantly, continually, and there's no one there to save them. You see, why are we reading this? Because God's trying to warn them, huh? Remember we talked about that earlier? Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there's great reward. How many people, though, they don't listen to the warnings. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 27, it talks about how I discipline my body and I buffet it and I bring it into subjection. Lest when I preach to others, I myself shall become disqualified. And that's why it's so important that we do things God's way. You know, there was a time in the Gospel of John when everybody started turning away from the Lord Things were getting a little difficult. Jesus was saying some things that they didn't agree with, some things that they didn't really understand. And so it says in John chapter 6, verse 66, which is kind of interesting, 666, right? John 6, 66, it says, But from that time, many of the disciples went back and they walked with them no more. And then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. See, and that's why there in the end of verse 29 where it says, and no one shall save you, there's nobody else to go to. If you try to go to someone else, they're not going to save you. You can't go to someone else. See, it's got to be the Lord. Where else can I go, Peter said. You alone have the words of eternal life. You know, looking at this right here, we see every area of their life. Man, verse 30, you shall, this is heavy. You shall betroth the wife, but another man shall lie with her. If you have an NIV, it says rape, right? It's crazy. You shall build a house, but you shall not dwell in it. You shall plant a vineyard, but shall not gather its grapes. Now, the interesting thing is back in Deuteronomy chapter 20, these were the very things that God said, I will give to the military man. You know, if he hasn't had this man, I'm going to give it to him. But now he says, if you don't obey, you're going to be stripped of it. Verse 31, your ox shall be slaughtered before your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Your donkey shall be violently taken away from before you, and you shall not be restored to you. Your sheep shall be given to your enemies, and you shall have no one to rescue them. Here's the part that just breaks my heart. Your sons and your daughters. See, you guys, think of your sons and your daughters. Think of them. Because they get, they're the ones that, that, that they get thrashed, right? I mean, God is good and God can recover, but we can't go into sin with eyes wide open. We can't go into sin presumptuously and defiantly and repeatedly and not expecting someone to pay the price. And so he says, your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people and your eyes shall look and fall with longing for them all day long and there shall be no strength in your hand. I mean, that is such a heavy warning for us, you guys. I really want to encourage you, those of you who are parents here, to really take this to heart because, you know, when your kids aren't serving the Lord, when their kids go through that, that, that they should never have gone through, it says right there, there's no strength in your hands because there's no greater pain that a parent can have when their kids aren't serving the Lord. But that's why we have to do it right now. He's just warning them. In verse 33, A nation whom you have not known shall eat the fruit of your land and the produce of your labor, and you shall be only oppressed and crushed continually. So you shall be driven mad. Think about that. Because of the sight which your eyes see. Every area of their life, they lose 
every area of their life, their ox, their donkey, their mills, their mines. And obviously much, much worse than that is the devastation to their wife and the children. And what makes it even worse is they see the whole thing. See, God right here is trying to warn Israel. God right here is trying to warn America, huh? Because this is what's happening in America. It's crazy, man. Look at verse 35. The Lord will strike you in the knees and on the legs with severe boils, which cannot be healed. And from the sole of your foot to the top of your head, the Lord will bring you and the king whom you set over you to a nation which neither you nor your fathers have known. And there you shall serve other gods, wood and stone. And one day you kind of wake up and you're like, man, how did I get here? What am I doing here? I don't belong here. But that's what happens when you go your own way, right? It says in verse 37, And you shall become an astonishment, a proverb, and a byword among all nations where the Lord will drive you. And you shall carry much seed out to the field. You're so excited you have a whole bunch of seed this time, right? But gather little in, for the locust shall consume it. I mean, think about it, you guys, just for a second, man. I mean, how much power do you really have? Can anybody here make it rain? Not really, huh? I guess if you prayed hard enough, you can make a difference, man. But, I mean, the Lord is the one who gives rain. I mean, you, you know, you put the seed over there, and you're like, oh, I did it, you know, and I cultivated it or whatever. It's, if the Lord doesn't make it happen, it's not going to happen, right? If the Lord sends some locusts that way or, or whatever it is, I mean, I think of this whole thing about, you know, planting corn, and, you know, you're working, and, and finally it's all done. And then here come the Syrians, and they're like, thank you. You know, they're making corn chips out of it and stuff like that, you know. I mean, it's like, what, seriously, without God, without God's grace, without God's blessing on your life, how much power do we really have? I mean, with your kids, unless the Lord touches their heart, it's got to be the Lord, right? How much, that's why for us, okay, Lord, we trust you. I obey you. I, I crown you. You know, you're my God. That's what he wants us to do. We see it over and over again. It says in verse 38, You shall carry much seed out to the field, but gather little in, for the locust shall consume it. You shall plant vineyards and tend them, but you shall neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes, for the worms shall eat them. Man, God even has control over the worms. You shall have olive trees, and you're all happy about that, throughout all your territory, but you shall not anoint yourself with the oil, for your olives shall drop off. And, and you know, some people see more than just olive oil and more than just, you know, um, grape juice. They, they see the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Because when you, when you sin and you live a life of defiance, you kind of forfeit that power and that anointing of the Holy Spirit, right? You know, we see this over and over again. In verse 41, you shall beget sons and daughters, but they shall not be yours, for they shall go into captivity. You know, and sometimes we take things for granted. We, we really shouldn't, though. You know, we, we take everything for granted, and man, we can't. In verse 41, we see that word captivity. That's a scary word. And connection, especially with our kids. Verse 42, locusts shall consume all your trees and the produce of your land. The alien who is among you, and that's not from a different planet, okay? That's just, you know, a foreigner, right? He rises higher and higher above you, and you shall come down lower and lower. He shall lend to you, but you shall not lend to him. He shall be the head, and you shall be the tail. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound rather contemporary? Absolutely, huh? That's what's happening to America. Verse 45, Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you and pursue and overtake you until you are destroyed because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded you. And they shall be upon you for a sign and a wonder and on your descendants forever because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. You know, he's just saying, it, it's actions, it's attitudes, 
I mean, God has done so much for us. I would say this, that he is worthy. He is worthy. And you don't serve the Lord, you know, kicking against the goats. And you don't serve the Lord, man, i got to go to church today. And, you know, you don't serve the Lord with an attitude of uh, just, you know, you're bombed out. No, he says actions are important. And, and even attitudes right there. Verse 47 you know, oh, we got to do this, we got to do that. Man, you didn't serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart. And let me tell you something, though. You got to know this right now, man, that to be involved in the ministry is a privilege. It really is. And um, to be a Christian is an honor. I mean, we should have joy and gladness. If you don't serve the Lord with gladness, you will serve the enemy with sadness. Okay, you can take that to the, the quote bank if you want to, man. <laughs> Seriously, man. Because look what happens next. He says, therefore, ooh, and you think it's bad, it's going to get so bad. In verse 38, therefore, you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger and thirst and nakedness and in need of everything. And he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. And the Lord will bring a nation against you from afar, from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle flies, a nation whose language you will not understand, a nation of fierce countenance, which does not respect the elderly nor show favor to the young. And they shall eat the increase of your livestock and the produce of your land, until you are destroyed. They shall not leave you grain or wine or oil or the increase of your cattle or the offspring of your flocks until they have destroyed you. They shall besiege you at all your gates until your high and fortified walls in which you trust come down throughout all your land. And they shall besiege you at all your gates throughout all your land which the Lord your God has given you. You shall eat the fruit of your own body. Now, this is really heavy, you guys. I mean, I mean, for the, I don't know. This is you might not even want to. You might want to plug your ears. No, I'm just joking. You, this is heavy. You shall eat the fruit of your own body, the flesh of your sons and your daughters, whom the Lord your God has given you in the siege and desperate straits in which your enemy shall distress you. Listen to this. It's not just for the, the crazy guys. Not just the crazy guys are going to be cannibals. He says right there in verse 54, the sensitive and very refined man among you will be hostile toward his brother, toward the wife of his bosom, and toward the rest of his children whom he leaves behind, so that he will not give any of them the flesh of his children whom he will eat because he has nothing left in the siege and desperate straits in which your enemy shall distress you at all your gates. So the guy, this tender guy, he turns into a monster, right? Because apart from the Lord, that's who we are, right? And then this girl right here, this tender and delicate woman among you who would not venture to set the sole of her foot on the ground because of her delicateness and sensitivity will refuse to the husband of her bosom and to her son and her daughter her placenta, which comes out from between her feet and her children whom she bears, for she will eat them secretly for lack of everything in the siege and desperate straits in which your enemy shall distress you at all your gates. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I would never do that. Isn't that what you're thinking? I would never do that. Well, then you're overconfident. You don't know who you are apart from the Lord. And that's why it's so important that we obey the Lord. Because the Jews, they did this. The Jews. The ones who had the law. I mean, I know Jewish people, man, and they're special. There's something special about them. I you know, you would have never thought that they would do this, but they did this. And they did it a number of times. You can read it in 2 Kings chapter 6. Or you can read about it when the Assyrians came, or especially when the Babylonians came. You can read about it in 70 or AD 70, when the Romans surrounded the city of Jerusalem. 
A million Jews died. They were eating their children. 600,000 people died of starvation. 600,000 people. That's a lot of people, man. Every day, the, they, they say that 500 Jews would flee the city and 500 would get captured. And they were crucifying 500 Jews every day because they went through this. And you look at that and you're like, man, how could that ever happen? How? How could this person who was serving the Lord, how could they be where they're at now? How could this pastor fall in love with this worship leader, this girl, run away with her? It happens all the time. And who suffers? The the kids suffer. The congregation suffers. And when you sin and we sin, everybody suffers. Because we forgot the simplicity of it. God says pray. We pray. God says get into the word. We get into the word. Otherwise, we're not going to make it. God says go to church service. You go. You're not special. Oh, yeah, they need to go every week. I don't need to go. They need to go to midweek, too. I think they should go, like, to a few studies a week, you know, but not me, man. (laughs) Oh, man. No, whatever it is that God tells us to do, we we, we do, and we serve him, right? It can happen to anybody. You read the book of Lamentations, and it talks about how all this happened to the Jews and how they ate their children. You know, and there's even more in looking at this. In verse 58, it says, If you do not carefully observe all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God, then the Lord will bring upon you and your descendants extraordinary plagues, great and prolonged plagues, and serious and prolonged sicknesses. Moreover, he will bring back on you all the diseases of Egypt, of which you were afraid, and they shall cling to you. Also, every sickness and every plague which is not written in this book of the law. Now, it's interesting, this book of the law. He's already calling the book of Deuteronomy the book of the law. Probably already has Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. It's already the book of the law. He said, will the Lord bring upon you until you are destroyed? You shall be left few in number, whereas you were as the stars of heaven in multitude, because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. And see, if you look back right there, it talks about how in verse 58, it's just about the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. You know, I'm so grateful for God's grace. He has been gracious to me and he loves me, but I I do fear him. I do fear him. That if I mess around, um, he'll discipline me. And we need to have that healthy fear of the Lord. Otherwise, it gets crazy. Now, does that mean that you're going to get sick? Are you going to be struck with, if a person has cancer, does that mean that they're the worst sinners? No, not necessarily. That's not really New Testament theology. As a matter of fact, a lot of times when people are sick, you know, it's because they're right on, right? And so we got to make sure that we don't, you know, take the, this that was written to Israel and overemphasize it to the church. But it can happen. And the main thing is this, that the, the things that we miss out on, the cursings, uh, is like the lack of love and the lack of peace and the lack of fruit and the lack of being used by God. They're actually worse things. I'd rather, I'd rather have cancer. I'd rather have high blood pressure. I'd rather, you know, whatever it is, you know, I'm getting a lot of gray hairs, whatever it is, whatever. I'd rather have that a million times over than not have peace in my home. Wouldn't you? See, and that's what we see now in the New Testament, that when suddenly, man... Your home is a scandalous home. Your home, there's no peace there. There's no peace in your heart. And you don't realize, you know, I'm telling you guys, man, being a Christian and living obediently really is awesome. It's awesome. Your marriage can be like a taste of heaven. It really can. Or it can be like hell. Right? God says, I want to bless you. But I can't if you won't obey me. He says in verse 63, And it shall be that just as the Lord rejoiced over you to do you good and 
multiply you, so the Lord will rejoice over you to destroy you and bring you to nothing, and you shall be plucked from off the land which you go to possess. And then the Lord will scatter you among all peoples from one end of the earth to the other, and there you shall serve other gods which neither you nor your fathers have known, wood and stone, and among those nations you shall find no rest, nor shall the sole of your foot have a resting place, but there the Lord will give you a trembling heart, failing eyes, and anguish of soul. Your life shall hang in doubt before you. You shall fear day and night and have no assurance of life. In the morning you shall say, Oh, that it were evening. And at evening you shall say, Oh, that it were morning. Because of the fear which terrifies your heart and because of the sight which your eyes see. And the Lord will take you back to Egypt in ships by the way of which I said to you, You shall never see it again. And there you shall be offered for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves, but no one will buy you. And you know, it's interesting, you guys. Uh, You read Josephus, and he was a historian, and he tells us that after the siege of uh, Jerusalem, the Romans took hundreds of thousands of slaves to Egypt. Did you know that? They had so many female slaves in particular that they could not even sell them. Just like the Bible says. And so God's word is true. How many of you want to get blessed? And you're like, well, okay, I just got to sneeze, right? No, that's not how you get blessed. What do you have to do to get blessed, man? You have to be obedient. You know, when you read this, I know some people, man, they might question God's justice or compassion. How could God do this? How could he do this to anyone, much less his own people? And some might question him in reading the scriptures. But, you know, when you look at the Bible, he's proven his love because he gave his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us, right? He's given us an illustration, a constant illustration of his compassion and love. And so when looking at this, I think that we need to be so careful that we don't question God. But rather, I think the intention of the text is to question ourselves. Right? I should never be asking, how can God do this to us? A much better question would be, how can I be doing this to God? He loves you so much. He loves you so much. He just wants to bless your life. If you would ask him for wisdom, he'll show you what to do. And if you would ask him for strength, he'll give you the power to do it every single day because you can't do it on your own you need the Lord and so if you're here today and you don't know the Lord and you're not a Christian then today I beg you man give your life to Christ enter into a relationship with the Lord turn from your sins trust in Christ if you are a Christian then today um, may God speak to us and maybe never be the same you know, maybe we just give to him an absolute surrender. Whatever it is, the little things, the big things, um, gentle to all, whatever it is that needs to be modified in our own heart. And we do that, why? Because we, we want to honor him, you guys. Not just because, you know, this is what I'll get, but because we want to honor him. And so, Lord, we thank you so much for your word and your love and your grace in our life. Father, I thank you that um, even in studying a, a really tough chapter like this, Lord, you're faithful. You're faithful. Bless your beautiful people here, Lord, people that you died for, Lord, people that you love so much. People, Lord, that I just pray, I know it's a battle, I know... They wonder, does God really love me or how can he love me? And they don't feel worthy. But I know you love them, Lord. It's an everlasting love. And so, Father, I pray, you just raise us up, Lord. Lift us up off the the ground, Lord. and, And raise us up and look into our eyes. Encourage us, Lord, tonight to be the men, to be the women that you want us to be. I thank you so much, Lord, for your love for us and the work that you're doing. 
And so as we close, Lord, now with a song, I pray you'd inhabit our praises. I pray, Lord, that your word would find a place in our heart and be a working word, be a living word, cutting the bones and the marrow, everything, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Lord, bless the people here tonight. Bless them, Lord. Strengthen them. Even let your Holy Spirit fall on us. Lord, I pray and I ask only because of your goodness. Lord, I love you and I thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand and we'll close with a song. If you're here today and maybe you're